You're listening to Productive Flourishing. Thanks for joining us today. When you think about the importance of boundaries and what it allows you to do, it's really allowing you to get what you want and what you need in your life. And so that's, you know, kind of end all be all why this is so important and why we want to make sure that we're setting those foundations, right? We're getting those right things in place for the right reasons so that we can get to the best results and the best life. Welcome to Productive Flourishing, where we explore how to do the work that matters so you become your best self in the world. I'm your host, Charlie Gilkey, and I'm joined by Angela Wheeler and other guests who will share their stories, insights, wins, and challenges in the hopes that our journeys and stories will help you with yours. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. I'm delighted to be back on the show with Angela. Hey. It's been a minute since we've recorded a podcast. It together. has. It's been almost two months, I think. Yeah. Shannon, who is our um, showrunner, kind of commented that, you know, we got, I think, a little sick in November, and then our recording just got punted and punted and punted. And so, yeah, yeah it's, it's been a while. It's, it's been a crazy January, actually, when we look at um, some health stuff that came up, some kitty stuff that came up, and then, you know, me adjusting to the book proposal, or excuse me, to the um, writing the book is no longer the It's not just page. a proposal, it's a deal now. Yeah, I keep saying that, <laughs> the book deal. I need to say deal. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's been a little bit, and I'm delighted to get going um, and, and really dive into um, our topic today. And our topic today is actually about boundaries, and so there's a little bit of backstory here. Mm-hmm. Angela and I just um, came from the Think Better, Love Better conference that was hosted by Mark and Angel down in San Diego. And we gave a joint talk on boundaries, which was an interesting experiment, or not experiment, um, interesting process. It's been a while since we've given a joint speech. Yeah, it's been a long time. Been a long time. Um, In case you're wondering... Actually, us doing this on the podcast is really good, helpful training and primer on how to do that, um, especially um, with, you know, the handovers and the way that we do this. And so, it wasn't like a podcast, per se. Yeah. But as we were prepping for it, I was thinking about that, Angela. It's like, oh, this is a good, um, this is piggybacking on stuff that we already do. Mm-hmm. We're just having to do it in this venue in this way. Yeah. So, it, it was, you're, you're totally right. It was fun. It was, it was twice as hard in some ways, because we had to we had to have the perfect flow between each other, but it was also probably like four times as much fun. Um, but it was it was a little different because we were still talking to each other a little bit, but there were two hundred fifty people we also needed to be talking to, so it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and given the talk and the presentation that we had, we also had you know talking points and we knew kind of where it was going. And so mm-hmm. someone asked me at the at the conference itself, what was it like? I was like, it's more like jazz mm. than a scripted rehearsal because you know we got we had reached that point in our practice to where anything past that we were going to say something slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really all about the transitions for sure, which is a pretty big. Truism about life. It's all about the transitions. It really is. Okay. So, um, we had a lot of great questions about boundaries, and we didn't think it was super cool that you didn't get to hear some of the conversation. So, we decided to talk about that today mm. and um, share some of the lessons learned and, and some of the concepts from the conversation. So, that's what today is about. Um, 
and set up. We're just going to dive right in. You want to dive right in, Angela? Sure. Okay, um, I'd be happy to. Um, I guess one of the things that I was interested in talking a little bit about and even just sharing is why we wanted to talk about boundaries um, and why it's so important and why it's been on the both of like the top of both of our minds for a while now. Um, you want to start on that? Yeah, I'll start on that. So part of it has been just um, reflection over a decade of answering questions about doing work that matters and start finishing and becoming your best self in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to be in the book that I'm writing right now, but they really come down to five keys or five sort of core conversations we keep having over and over again. And they're around intentions, awareness, boundaries, courage, and discipline. So the memnonic for that, in case you're curious, is I, A, B, C, D. So intentions, awareness, boundaries, courage, and discipline. And they're interrelated conversations and interrelated keys to personal transformation. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things about it is at a certain point, you have to start drawing boundaries in your life to give yourself the space from things that are not helping you, mm-hmm. that are not helping you become your best self, and to create the space for those things. And so, we'll talk a little bit about positive and negative boundaries there, Yeah. but um, it comes up over and over again. And so, when people ask me about, say, the momentum planners and how to set up their focus blocks, which focus blocks, in case you haven't bought the planners, you don't know what I'm talking about, it's 90 to 120 minutes um, where you are able to do that high leverage, high value work that requires your focus to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions that always comes up is, well, how do how do I create and how do I find them? Like, I don't have any. And part of it is, well, um, creating negative boundaries mm-hmm. from email and phone calls and the interruptions and the tyranny of the urgent. Mm-hmm. But it's also figuring out, you know, the positive boundaries of, of creating that space like deliberately for. And you can you can think of it as a push pull in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at a certain point, if um, especially for entrepreneurs and freelancers and service based um, providers, um, or excuse me, service based businesses, a lot the, a lot of what will come up is like, well, I know that I have my focus blocks. I know that I'm really creative and driven from nine to 12 in the morning, Mm -hmm. but that's when all my clients expect me to email them Mm -hmm. or that's when I have to do meetings with my clients or that's when I have to do something with the kids or that's when I have to do, that's when I have to do, that's when I have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's not so much a conversation about the how, right? The, like the schema and the, and the sort of, you know, conceptual aspect of it. It's how are they going to have to start, how are they going to start having conversations with the people in their life about that? So it turns out that boundaries become one of those things that come up over and over again. Once we get under the plans, once we get under the strategies, once we get over and under sort of that external focus on other people, we see that, um, or at least I see in my work with folks that it's just them not asserting a boundary and holding that boundary. Um, and so that's where it comes up so frequently for me. Trust me, it's not one of those things to where, you know, as a business strategist that I want to um, spend a lot of time uh, talking about boundaries. It's not my jam, my jam, but mm-hmm. it's one of those things that's in the way of of people becoming their best selves in the world and building the best business or best career for themselves. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, part of coming to this needing to have a discussion about boundaries is I don't know that I've had a client show up for me that said, I need help with boundaries, right? They don't label it that. It's, you know, I hear things such as, um, I want to be able to work better with my team that I have in place, or um, I would love to have a better relationship with my spouse and my partner. And we have to get underneath that, right? And, And back to looking at rather than the external, what they want to see happen externally, which is incredibly important, and I support that, it's the internal. What do they need to fix internally? What do they need to put in place? What do they need to get aligned with so that they can set up those boundaries, so that they do have better collaboration with their team and they do have a stronger relationship with their partner? Yeah, it's the car driver thing that Angela and I talk about, right? And it works, I mean, we work on different types of cars, as it were, mm-hmm. right? Or, mm-hmm. But people come and they're like, you know, I want to build this better thing out there in the world, a better team, a better business, um, a better career. I want to, you know, travel the world and drink Mai Tais and all those sorts of things, which are all external driven, external driven things. But the reality is, a lot of times what most needs to be addressed is not the car, which is all of that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. but the driver, yeah. Um, because most of us, even if we're, you know, scooting along in a Honda Civic, we're still not driving that Honda Civic to the utmost of its capabilities. We're driving it like a golf cart. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to try to, you know, give them this F1 formula racer and make this, you know, biggest, baddest thing because the constraint is not the car. Yeah. The constraint is the driver. And, you know, just as a quick side here, one of, you know, when you're a business strategist, one of the things you start looking for a lot is what's the constraint in this process that governs the speed of the entire thing? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it often time turns out to be the um, founder or the lack of managerial processes or the strength of le- uh, or the, you know, leadership team, which, um, you know, when it's the leadership team that hires you, it's always awkward to tell them that, like, maybe it's not your employees. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's the way that you lead and communicate and prioritize and um, coach. Maybe that's the problem. But that's the trick is knowing whether it's the car or the driver. And just in the work that I've done, I start with the driver because majority of the time, that's what needs the most fixing. For sure. Yeah. I think, you know, what, when you think about the importance of boundaries and what it allows you to do, it's really allowing you to get what you want and what you need in your life. And so that's, you know, kind of end all be all why this is so important and why we want to make sure that we're setting those foundations, right? We're getting those right things in place for the right reasons so that we can get to the best results and the best life. One of the things too that has come up for me when I'm talking with people about boundaries and I, you know, I can think back to my own experience as well as I was starting to set boundaries in my life that I had this this kind of icky feeling inside and this worry and this concern about how setting a boundary might push away the people that I love, right? 
or that they're going to hurt somebody that they care about. Um, I've struggled with that before. I've seen other people who have struggled with that as well. Um, I especially tend to see that in the female clients that I work with um, because of socialization, different things like that, being able to show up for people um, and, and to give and give and give. But the opposite is actually true. You're usually not pushing people away. Typically, you are enhancing your relationship and you're making it a stronger relationship with that person. Yeah, Brene Brown ha- um, has a great video on this, and it's in the the work of the people. So if you Google the work of the people, Facebook, Brene Brown, you'll probably come up with it. Um, and we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but she mentioned that from her research, she found that the most boundary people um, were the most um, compassionate. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I pause there because she went through a distinction in the video between compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, but largely speaking, she, you, you would think that someone who has boundaries is cold and you can't get in and they're just this, you know, you can't get in, but that's actually not the case. Yeah. Um, and that's largely, I think the difference, um, or granted a lot of her conversation focused on what I call negative boundaries. And so I've kind of alluded to this negative boundaries being, um, the boundaries by which you push something away or you put maybe that wall in front of yourself mm-hmm. and other things and not just people, Right. Um, whereas positive boundaries are creating space around you for things that you want, right? And, you know, life is in some ways about constraints. I know the, you know, a lot of people don't like to think about it that way, but to create space for, you have to push away, right? Mm-hmm. And to push away, you create stuff for. So the only distinction here that that's really, that I want people really to think about is what are you intentionally creating space for? Mm-hmm. As opposed to just always pushing things away, always pushing things away. And the other thing about it is, and when the way we talk about it, it's not just re- relationships focused. A lot of boundaries is relationship focused. Mm-hmm. But in my way of thinking about it, um, you know, uninstalling all the social media apps from your phone and having no Gmail on your phone is creating a boundary mm-hmm. between all of the stuff and the noise that may not be supporting you. Mm-hmm. So that you can free up that amount of your brain, you know, that that amount of your day to focus on things that you actually love. Um, and so, you know, this piggybacks on some of the conversations we've had on the podcast about minimalism and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the more that you um, focus on certain types of things um, that you love, the, just the more abundant your life becomes. But sometimes to do that, you have to push things away. You have to push in a minimalist concept or in a minimalist context. You know, a lot of times you have to push commercialism away, mm-hmm. accidental or unintentional commercialism away, so that you can really find the space for the things that you love. That's a conversation with Courtney Carvey on Courtney Carver on that one. Um, but it could be pushing away the news cycle, um, so that you, you know, find, t- you know, so that you you get in touch with yourself. It could be. Um, pushing away um, or creating a negative boundary for a family member that um, um, you have a, a unhealthy relationship with and you, you can't engage in certain ways. Um, and so that's what I just want people to think about on that one, positive versus negative boundaries. And the other thing about positive boundaries, and I'll slide this one in real quick, is that ba- positive boundaries are harder because you have to say this thing that you know, I want or that I need or that um, I value 
is really important and it's worth fighting for. It's worth pushing for, mm-hmm. um, which means I'm worth pushing for. My wants, my needs, um, my vision for myself is important and shouldn't just be pushed aside because someone else who has a stronger personality or stronger willpower, um, you know, um, gets their way and gets their wants and their needs and their vision for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you absolutely just touched on, you know, one of the things I was thinking about in this moment about the self-worth piece of it and just how incredibly important that is because in order to set those boundaries, you do have to be able to say, this is what I'm worth and I can and should take up space and what I want and what I need matters and I am worthy to be here. All of these things that we often don't tell ourselves, right? We, I mean, we, we can point to so much research on the negative loops that we get in our head, you know, and, but this is about those those positive loops that we need to get into our head about being able to say, this is me, this is what I need, this is what I want, this is what I will stand for, this is what I will not stand for. Um, and it really just touches on on the heart of things, that, that self-worth piece of it. And it's not an easy transformation and it's not a quick fix, it's a practice. Um, and that was one of the things I noticed when we we had the opportunity to have conversations after our talk with different um, attendees throughout the weekend. And what I noticed over and over again in those conversations as people were coming to talk to us is that they they were struggling with how to do this, how to, how to stand up, how to take up space. Um, and just the reminder that it's the practice and you're going to set a boundary and it's not going to work or you're going to set a boundary and it doesn't quite look the way you want it to, but you have to keep practicing it and you have to keep pushing, pushing and pushing um, to, to get what you need and get what you want. We've touched on socialization, and I think, um, you know, though it's not my lived experience, I think the whole taking up space and, you know, really advocating for what you want is actually much more um, challenging for women mm-hmm. than it is for men, given given our society, because our society largely says, okay, guys, you're the initiators, you're the goal makers, um, you're the you're the change makers. Mm-hmm. You go out and make all that happen, and then you know women will will sort of pile on to your goals or pile on to your dream and support you while you're doing that, mm-hmm. right? And um, if you're you know on the kid making journey, right, the the women will stay home and take care of the kids while you go out and you you know you do the thing in the world. And um, so I I just noticed the difference between people who came to talk to you, Angela, and the people who came to talk to me, mm-hmm. um, given, you know, in a lot of the presentations, like, you know, um, I'm, I'm sort of the person that draws fire. Like people don't necessarily <laughs> want to sit by me because they're like, oh, he's going to challenge me or, you know, he irritated me in a way. Um, it's part of my job, but, um, Angela is the softer, kinder, um, definitely more attractive of the two of us. And so, um, 
Not only was your line considerably longer, which I really enjoyed, but there were a lot of women who showed up and it's like, I struggle with this, it seems. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, I was having my own conversations just looking over yours. Did you see that in your lines, though? I did. I definitely did. Um, With a lot of the women I was speaking with um, and that were just sharing their journey um, and and what they wanted to see in their lives and how they they wanted to see things change and shift. Um, And there was this, obviously not for everyone I spoke with, but there was a very gendered dynamic to a lot of the conversations I was having with people. And it was it was actually a lot of fun for me to get to have a dialogue with them to help them find a languaging that worked for them to be able to express in a loving kind compassionate yet firm way with the people in their lives what their boundaries were so that was a lot of fun for me actually getting to have those conversations and getting to help them realize what sounded the best for them, what resonated the best for them, um, and what they could take home. Um, you know, one of the things that that we discussed also and that came up in a few of the conversations as well was this idea that as we set boundaries, it's setting such a good example and you can be such a wonderful role model for your friends, for your community, your workplace, your colleagues, even your boss to set those boundaries. Because when people see that happening, they're drawn to that. They see you being strong. They see you getting what you want. They see you getting what you need and making the time for what's important to you. And it gives them permission to do the same thing. It really comes down to being all in when you start talking about spending time with each other. And what we, what I find in my work in Angeles is the same, is that unboundaried people or unboundaried family structures, let's look at it that way, mm-hmm. um, partners or you know kids and parents and things like that, what ends up happening is that um, there's a lot of time being spent with each other, mm-hmm. but it's not the really intentional focused time. Mm where people are really, really together because they haven't had their time to do their own thing yeah, um, and to be separate. And so really, that's what we want to really say is like boundaries aren't just about pushing people out. No, no, um, no. It's really about making, again, positive boundaries, making space for people. And um, I can't speak for everyone, but I would much rather spend an hour of really quality time with Angela where we're both in it. You know, no phones, no screens, no distractions, no business, where we're just actually talking with each other and connecting and maybe snuggling. Mm-hmm. Then to spend four hours just, you know, while she's checking email and I'm talking over her and talking over TV and, you know, all those different types of things like that. That's not that's not what I want. Yeah. You know, and so give me the hour and then let's go three hours on our own way. You know, and do our own thing. And Angela, I actually do this quite a lot because she'll be, um, we um, only have one TV in the house and it's only per use. And so when we're not using it, we put it in the, we put it in the closet. Um, But there'll be times where I might be um, playing a video game or I might be um, watching a sci-fi show for a couple hours. And Angela's back at the kitchen table working on a puzzle. Right. In her own world, doing her own different things. And we're good with that Mm -hmm. and actually supportive of that because we'd rather to give we'd rather give each other that space 
so that for maybe that hour or two hours in the evening where we really want to come and um, be intentional with each other, like that's clean too. Both, both are clean um, because of the boundaries and boundaries give you that clean energy um, in a relationship like that. One of the struggles people have, though, right, with boundaries is that it's all very general. Yeah. It's all very general. Um, We won't go through all of them, but um, I'm just going to give you a few sort of dimensions of your life. Now, you know, we're both coaches here, so we like to look at, you know, whether it's the wheel of life or whether we just like to decompose your life into different aspects. And so... You know, you could think, you know, physical, mental, health, or excuse me, physical, mental, emotional, um, social, spiritual, right? So those are sort of the neo-Aristotelian ones. And then you could think about um, the dement- your professional dimension, whether that's business or a career or whatever that looks like for you. You could think about um, play, community, family, and romance, stacking those on top of them. Um, those are the different di- the different dimensions of your life that you can um, think about. Like, where might I want to apply a, or where might I want to implement a positive or negative boundary? There, um, the key thing here is wherever you are overcommitted or depleted, you have a boundary issue, mm-hmm. right? And so, rather than being like, "Oh, I'm going to practice boundaries, boundaries," maybe. It's, no, I'm going to create boundaries around my health, right? Um, and there are foods that I'm not going to eat, um, and there are foods that I'm going to eat. Mm-hmm. And that's that, right? Yeah. It's not a pre-decision. And so, you know, I'm not going to say you need to go, you know, pick a certain type of diet or anything like that, but you can kind of get the point. Say, in health, what's my boundary here? Maybe it's exercise. Maybe it's professional, right? And it's like, I am not going to... Um, do any, you know, professional work and or screen time after six o'clock in the evening, mm-hmm. right? I'm done. Um, I won't be checking email at, at 12 o'clock at night. Um, and you create that boundary there. Um, or maybe it's with family. You create positive boundaries by which you will intentionally spend time with your kids from three to seven, mm-hmm. right? Um, or... It might be that, um, and I've, I've had to work with some clients on this, especially mothers who are entrepreneurs, is saying, you know what? Actually, I am going to um, have a babysitter watch my kids during those times so that I can focus on my creative work or I could do that kind of whatnot. And, you know, it was, it was value aligned for them. And so you really have to think about the different dimensions of your life and think, what are your goals? Where are you trying to, what are you trying to change in those dimensions? For boundaries to have any real grip. Yeah, for sure. And I love that, you know, that you mentioned briefly those those different dimensions because it's incredibly important to think about um, ourselves as, as a whole person, like the holistic part of us. And, you know, we, when we were doing the talk, we gave several different examples. And, you know, one of the ones that that I love to work with is play. And I'm really glad that you actually brought up earlier, you know, you playing video games for a couple of hours and me at the same time working on a jigsaw puzzle over on the kitchen table by myself because that's actually play for me, right? And and the video games are play for you. And 
I think it's incredibly useful and important to think about these different dimensions and to think about especially the ones where we don't have good balance in our lives at the moment. Um, And for me, for years, play was one of those areas. And that's why I spent a few solid years, some years back, focusing on play and intentionally bringing play into my life. And it looks different for every person. For some people, play is the jigsaw puzzle that I talked about. For other people, it's playing hopscotch out on the sidewalk, right? Or it could be going to paintballing with their buddies on the weekend. Like, there's so many different things. It's what is bringing joy and fun into your life? Um, Because we forget that so often. We do. And the trick here, when you start thinking about play, and I know there are a lot of you listening, and it's like, what does this play thing? <laughs> what does it do? Right. Um, what are the what benefits? Being, what, yeah. What, what, what about it? Does it need to be productive play? No. Yeah. <laughs> it does not. Um, it can just be play. Um, and was it Mike? Or no, it was Gary Ware who said um, adults are just kids who've, who have atrophied. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the key thing is like, we're not going to say what your play needs to be, what that context is. But what I do hope you do is not um, ask the question of how is this productive or, you know, what does this get me? Like, if it gets you joy and happiness, that's enough. Yeah. That's it, man. And um, I, I'll, I'll say this for a side, right? Maybe a side. Um, I went for a long time without having for real play activities, mm-hmm. um, especially when we moved here in Portland. Cause I was like, I'm going to do like the guitar playing thing. And then I'm going to like, that's it. Like I was in maybe some reading. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of the, the tabletop and other sort of nerdery, um, that I do. <laughs> did you just say nerdery? I did. Nice. Um, that, that I do with my friends here. Right. But that didn't exist there for a while. And I just got to the point to where, um, what was super interesting is I didn't have a really good reason to stop working at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, amongst many other things. And I was super judgy about the whole video games thing. I'm like, I need to be doing something else. I could be writing. I could be doing all that kind of whatnot until I finally got to the point where I was like, so you know what? Like, I work my butt off. Yeah. Right? And I'm always on it. Um, and... I need that downtime. I need that playtime. I need that time where I'm not making three to five year strategic plans that I won't know how they, you know, how they manifest. And this is what I do all day with clients in our own business, right? Like we, we put a pebble in the stream and just have to, you know, wait to see what happens while mm-hmm. we're working on other things. And that's, that can be emotionally and motivationally unsatisfying. Yeah. And so, um, I had to get back to the place to where I was like, yeah, um, I mean, I don't, I've gotten way better. I've gotten way more boundaryed, you know, after a binge period, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, you know what? So what? I play video games four to six hours a week, or maybe I'll take a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I want to do to recover and, and take my mind off things. It's all good, man. Yeah. It's all good. So I'm saying that because I know that, um, or I have experienced, and women have told me more, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they struggle with play. Yeah. Especially moms mm-hmm. that, you know, they struggle with play. But I also know that in certain phases of our life, we guys too start struggling with it as well. Um, and you just need to think about that, that boundary in your life and notice 
um, I've, I've never really seen someone that has um, their play bucket filled mm-hmm. that has a work-life balance problem. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, you only see people with a real work-life balance problem when their um, professional dimension is too strong and or their professional dimension and taking care of the kids and caretaking for their parents and, you know, hyper-volunteer in the community has gotten in. But you never see someone with that problem. And so that's another reason it's important because you don't want to figure out that you have a work-life balance problem mm-hmm. after you have a work-life balance problem. Yeah. It can get real painful. Um, and oftentimes we don't make the changes until it is painful. Um, so I love the idea of, you know, working on one boundary at a time. Um, one of the things that people can do, and by people I mean me as well, is we think about all the different things, right? Like I need to have 10 new boundaries around four different areas of my life. And things are great for about, oh, 36 hours. And at the end of that, I'm exhausted and I feel like a failure. Um, So I bring that up um, because I know I'm not the only one that struggles with this. I've seen it time and time again. Um, And so if you're listening, if you're thinking about these boundaries for yourself and what it looks like, I want to encourage you to think about one thing. Start with one thing, one area where, as Charlie mentioned earlier, things are a struggle or something's not feeling right right, or you're just struggling and out of balance. You've got a boundary problem, right? Which one is most accessible for you? Which one's most painful for you? Which one is X for you? And set a boundary and work on it diligently. Um, and, and don't try to pull 10 in at a time and get overwhelmed and have none in place. I'm going to slide a nuanced yes and here, right? And the nuanced yes and, yes and is that um, it's also easy to think about dimension alignment or dimension stacking. Mm, yeah, for where sure. Where you might be like, I want to spend more time with my wife. And I need to get outside and I need to exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I want to talk about X, right? Um, I want to have stimulating conversations. You can stack all of those at once, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just being creative with your time. And that's a really, really good way, by the way, to start creating the space. And when you really um, research and interview top performers and people who are living really fantastic lives, they stack the hell out of those dimensions, <laughs> right? Um, and... And, and it's okay for you to sit on a pillow and to do nothing but meditate for 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be a walking, talking, multitasking meditation period. And it's okay for you to snuggle with your wife or partner or husband or partner for 90 minutes and do nothing else. Right. And so that's why it's a subtle yes. And you can, you can stack some of these and it's 100% fine to pick one dimension and say, you know what? That's my thing. Yeah. And I'm going to go with it. Yeah. I think one of the things that I also wanted to bring up, um, as I know we're kind of closing, getting closer to the, to the end here, is getting people on board. 
with your boundaries, right? And I I would imagine this has probably came up in some of the conversations you were having mm-hmm. with people. I know it for sure came up with me um, with conversations I was having. Um, and it's so important. Like, y- you can be this lone wolf if you want to and set all of your boundaries and 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 be really, really stringent about them. And I don't know, maybe that works for you. Um for most people, they need that support, right? They they need people to understand their boundaries and to want to support those boundaries they're putting into place. And so in some of the conversations I was having with people, it was about like, I want to set this boundary, but how do I get my kids you know, on board for this, or how do I get my husband on board for this, or or how do I get my boss to support this? And it's in the conversation, right? You don't want to like jump in and and bulldoze and run through and and knock people over with all your new boundaries, right? You want to have important conversations with the people who matter most. Who are the stakeholders? You know, who do you need to change? A relationship with in some way and and how are you going to tell them about that how are you going to tell them that you know mommy is going to start taking 30 minutes every afternoon between 4 and 4 30 and going on a walk while you're going to be hanging out with your brother and sister and this is going to make it so that I get to spend even better time with you when I come home like you want to get them on board this reminds me of a piece of the um, of Start Finishing Your Projects, which is a course that we have available um, where it's really talking about how to get um, your goals to align with other people's goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking more on the professional context, um, but I'm also thinking especially in conversations with adults. Yeah. Um, and so in the professional context, when you're like, how do I do this with a boss? What I will tell most people is, Figure out what actually matters to your boss, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, there's no way I could leave at X time. I'm like, well, I don't think that's true, but figure out what's underneath that staying until six o'clock or staying until eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Is it, well, you got to get it done. Well, okay. What are some other ways you might be able to get it done faster, smarter, cheaper, you know, more effectively? Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't go into a long story here, but, you know, there have been times um, when I used to have a boss, right? And it was a military boss, <laughs> right? Where it was like, look, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I think Tim Ferriss talks about this too. Um, I think it's, you know, one of those things where if you can go ahead and show what you've been doing and say, hey, by the way, this is what I've been doing already. Um, I just wanted to make it formal. Right, because you were to use this better to ask for um, forgiveness than permission, sort of scenario. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to get fired, please don't do that. Right, yeah. if you, if you're already in hot water, but if you can show, like, look, man, I'm the most productive person in this office. I make if you're a salesperson, I make I close more deals, I make more phone calls, I have the biggest, um, you know, lead portfolio, and I've been doing it and cutting it at four o'clock, anyways. Right. Um, now the boss is going to be like, why can't you do it? You know, you can do it another two hours, so on and so forth. But you can you can make a case 
by looking at like, what are your goals here? What does success look like? All righty. That creates a, that creates a really good constraint for you to then start having it like, okay, I'm going to hit that. Mm -hmm. Um, and here's what I would like to do now. There are prior, there are power dynamics at, in the professional place that you can't just necessarily assert it. So it's a negotiation, mm -hmm. right? And so you don't. And then and this is whether you're talking about professional or or on the personal side of things. Don't go in there with like the boundary hammer <laughs> and be like, "Bam! Here's exactly what's going on." Right? That's not what we're saying here. Mm -hmm. You you want to have like an, a a options, you know, conversation. What are the options here? Here's some things I'd like to do. Does this work for you? What do you think about this? So on and so forth. And you sort of carve out some of the options. Um, you figure out what, what your leeway here is. And, and then you come back with a boundary conversation and say, okay, we've talked about this. Here's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Right? I will be doing this. I will be doing that. So on and so forth. And um, that helps you um, really get into the grip of it and, and, having that, and have that conversation without going to your boss who, you know, let's get real, is responsible for your livelihood mm -hmm. right and telling your boss what you will or will not be doing yeah yeah for sure we could go for quite a while and given some different examples about how to give boundaries but what's coming up for me is it might be good for us angela to have a follow-on sort of written um post mm -hmm. um with some different examples and things like that because um i, I think that's really useful for people Mm -hmm. um, to, to have those as far as thinking about it. So we don't want, we don't want this to be the last conversation about boundaries, Yeah, but we wanted to slide in the key nuggets, mm -hmm. um, for you to start thinking about how you're going to have those conversations. Because I know, at least in my work, um, until we open up space, then it's a live option for folks to start asserting boundaries and start, um, really creating space for themselves. Mm-hmm. And creating space from the things that are not serving them, we can't go into the how. Yeah. Right? It's not a real live option. So we wanted to start with, here's some things to think about. No, you're listening to it on a car ride or you know, maybe <laughs> while you're doing dishes and things like that, so, which is fantastic. Thank you for that. Right. Um, but we'll follow up with um, some ways you might be able to express boundaries. And if you have any questions, as always, mm -hmm. just email us. Um, my email address is Charlie at ProductiveFlourishing.com. Angela's is Angela at ProductiveFlourishing.com. You can also go to our contact page and it'll get to us as well. We'll also have show notes on this one, so you can go and ask questions there. So it's not the end of the conversation, but it's the end of today's conversation. Yeah, that um, there is there is so much more that we could share and talk about with boundaries, but I guess I would like to leave today with just saying that this work is not necessarily easy, but it's worth it. And you're worth it. And making space for you to be yourself, your best self in the world is what we all need. Alrighty. So today's invitation and or challenge, depending upon how hard your boundaries or how hard this might be for you, is to start by thinking about some of those dimensions we thought we, we mentioned out or to start by thinking about where you want to make a change in your life. And think about what type of boundary would support you in making that change. Until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to Productive Flourishing. To get more resources that will help you finish the work that matters and be your best self in the world, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. If this episode warmed your heart or got your wheels turning, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review for the podcast on iTunes.